This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Walker, and today my guest is Don Stardy from GLP Automotive. And Don just went through the process of creating a new logo for his shop, and we're going to be talking to him about that today. But first, I want to thank our friends at RepairPal for providing this episode. RepairPal is the key that unlocks more business for your repair shop. Learn more at RepairPal.com forward slash shops. Well, hey, Don, how are you? Good. Glad to have you with me today. I know you just went through a bit of a a challenging thing in your business and creating a logo. But before we get too far into that, just tell us a little bit about your shop. I have a small two-bay 1950 Sinclair gas station. So right at the moment, it's me and my youngest daughter who takes care of service writing and answering phones and all of that fun stuff. And I fix cars and try to work on growing the business. You live in kind of a unique area. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I'm in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. It's a tourist town. So from Memorial Day to Labor Day, the population doubles. Next Monday, everything will die at around 4.30 in the afternoon, and we'll realistically just be locals. I bet there's a little bit of culture shock when that happens. For people that move to the area, it really is. I've been born and raised here, so my entire life it's been this way, and I know what it is and where it's going to go. Yeah, we're in a college town here in Hammond, Louisiana, and when college is in session, our population doubles as well. So we go from about 18,000 to 36,000, and when college is out, it's like, whoa, where did everyone go? The streets are empty, and it feels weird. We're here today to talk about the logo and the process of creating the logo and everything. I want to make it clear up front, we did not create Don's logo. So that was a process that he took on with some advice. And we're talking about that experience today. So, but first, what made you decide that you wanted or needed a new logo? It started, I'm not sure if it was Texas for Rick Live or ASTE last year, but somebody had mentioned around every 10 years, you should re-logo keep your business fresh. It didn't really register at that time. And then as I started listening to my customers more, because I mean, we all listened so perfectly to that. I realized that people didn't know what I was. I'm on a busy road, but I struggle with getting people in the building. And I've heard everything from, I thought you were a body shop to, I thought you were a car dealer. Because you actually changed the name, right? No, I've always been GLP Automotive. The definition changed. So the start of my company started because a friend of mine and I got together to sell mopeds. And he named the company GLP or Geneva Lake Power Sports. That's what I'm thinking of because I knew we'd had a conversation where I know the name changed at some point. When he left, I just dropped the Geneva Lake Power Sports and call it GLP Automotive. I was born in this. I've done automotive my entire life. So I just did what I knew how to do. And that was fix cars. The name, everybody asked what it means. And that was part of the changing the logo was Tom Shearer at one point had said, "Your, your logo should tell a story about your business. And my logo is just block letters, GLP with a cursive automotive and a checkered flag. Sign guy made it for me, just real basic. And that 13 years with that, you and I had had a conversation about things of that magnitude. And it started to kind of set in when a customer that lives two blocks away from my shop came in and said he thought I was a body shop. 
this guy lives two blocks away from me and didn't know what I do. So I got to figure out how to fix that. That kind of set everything in motion to do, but it was spending hours just looking at logos and trying not to be like everybody else. So when you decided to do this, you kind of put it out to the world that, hey, I'm going to change my logo, right? Did you put it in a Facebook group or something? What I actually did is I found a logo that I really, really liked, and I thought it was the best logo in the world. And I couldn't figure out how to change the name on the logo to my name. I had actually reached out to Kim and said, how do I find somebody to fix this? Because I can't figure out how to fix it myself. And that kind of got things rolling a little bit better because she kind of talked me out of that. Tom is here again. I sent it to him and said, what do you think? What's it say about you and your business? At that point, I realized it didn't say anything about me. Then I had the fun of, I drew something up myself and sent it. I think I sent it to Kim. Then I got an email and a text from you saying, we need to talk. So trying to figure that out was the tough part. Yep. So that's when we got on a call and I told you about 99designs. And just to give the listeners a little bit of background on that, you know, just like in auto repair shops, there are some things that you learn over time that this is not the best type of work for us to do because we used to do logos. We rebranded our parish here, which, you know, for those of you listening, that's like a county anywhere else other than Louisiana, but we rebranded our parish. And I mean, it was a big to do when we did that. And we've done a lot of logo design. But one of the things that we've learned over time is that it's really difficult to get into somebody's head and understand what it is that they like and what they don't like. And then doing things like what Tom Scherer was telling you about how your logo really should be representative of something in your business. It should have some deeper meaning there. And there's so much that's subjective about all of that. And we've gone through some logo processes before where create a logo and the person looks at it and they're like, yep, love it. That's great. And then we've gone through processes where it took months and iteration after iteration to get it right. And we still weren't 100% convinced that the client loved it. And so important to us that our clients love the work they were doing. And there's this company... 99 Designs, I'm going to let you tell the story about that, but I recommended them to you because I've recommended them to other people and they loved the experience and we have zero affiliation with them. But tell everybody about 99 Designs and kind of how that worked. You can do a contest and you pick a level of what you want and there's different amounts that you pay to do this. They tell you as you go up in price, you're obviously getting better designers and more professional designers, the more you go up and you tell a little bit about your business and what you're looking for in your design. For me, one of the big things Kim has been on me about getting more involved with the community. So for me, one of the big things I had to have in this logo was the lake, Lake Geneva. Some designers actually got disqualified from the game because I specifically said Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, not Lake Geneva, Switzerland. I actually got designs back with the Swiss lake instead of our lake. So you tell them what you're looking for, kind of rough idea of what you're looking for, and submit everything. And then they start sending you logos. 
So basically you put this contest out there and you say, okay, I'm going to pay. What did you bid for your logo or how much did you set the design, the contest at? I did 500. Okay. So $500, you go on there and you say, I'm going to pay $500 for a logo. And then you have all of these designers that start submitting their logos, but only the one that you pick actually gets paid. Yeah. Is that right? Yep. It's a multi-step. They send designs, I think for seven days. Seven or 14 days, they'll send design, just design after design after design. Then you have to narrow your choice of designer down, and you get seven days to do that. So how many designs did you get initially? It was 163, I believe it was, total. So you got 163 different designs to choose from, but then you don't have to just go with exactly what they send you. No, after you narrow down your choices to four designers, you can tell them things that you want them to refine and do. Change this font or add this, take that away, change this color, change that color. And it goes back and forth and and they get you to what you want. Time to thank our friends at RepairPal for making this episode possible. Don't get left behind. Today's tech-savvy consumers value instant gratification, so they start their searches for a repair shop on their computers and smartphones. These power users research auto repair and service options and decide which shops to engage with in an instant. Gain these customers by being RepairPal certified. They provide proof that your prices are fair with their best-in-class estimator. They're the largest site for auto repair, and they will introduce your shop to new customers through RepairPal.com and through the recommendation of partners like USAA, CarMax, and Consumer Reports. As shop owners, we were in the RepairPal Certified Network, and it helped grow our business. You have to be in it to win it, so head on over to RepairPal.com forward slash shops and set up a call to learn more. When you sign up, you'll get one month of service free and save $150 off certification. That's RepairPal.com forward slash shops. So of those 163 designs, how many of them would you say were worth considering? Because I know there were some that you got that they were just not good at all, but there were some of them that were very good. How many would you say were worth considering? A lot. My wife and I decided to do a little contest of our own, and we had our two daughters pick out 10 each. My wife picked out 10, I picked out 10. And just even that, narrowing it down to 10 logos from each of us without anybody knowing what ones you picked. And then if we had matching logos, we automatically counted those. I would say there was easily 80 to 90 really good logo choices to pick from. Yeah. So difficult choice when it came down to it. Yeah, uh, (laughs) it was. Even just some of the designers sent four and five different designs. So picking the logo or picking the designer because he had three or four logos that you really liked. And, but then you've got to try to pick from those which ones you want him to, to work on refining. Yeah, it was cool, though, during the process. You know, Cam and I were talking to you kind of off and on, and you were so excited about it. And it was fun to watch you get excited about that. What would you say just your overall experience was in doing that? It was really good. Like I said, when the old logo that we had, I didn't have any pick in that. My business partner at that time just went to the sign guy and came back and said, you know, here's our logo. So for me, this was actually the first time where I really decided something big for my company to see the the transformation completely away from what I had. There were some that the people tried to tie my old stuff in with a new design. 
And I just really went, the checkered flag was a big thing that a lot of people put in, in some way, shape or form. And I just, there was one my wife loved. She absolutely wanted that logo. To me, I didn't like it because of the outline of, they did an outline of Lake Geneva, which normally I would be okay with, but they put the checkerboard in and about an hour and a half north of us is Road America. And if you ever look at Road America, it's an outline of the racetrack. So it just, to me, it still said performance or racing. It didn't really say automotive repair to me. Mm -hmm. Yep. I saw that logo and I remember looking at it. Yeah, I said that to you and I just went, I just, my wife loved it. To me, it just didn't work. It was a good looking logo if your business was a go-kart track. Yeah, absolutely. If you did performance shop, it would have been a great logo. But for me, I don't do performance work. And I didn't want to portray that any longer than I already have. So you've got this new logo now and, you know, going through the process of choosing that logo uh, was a tough process. But now that you have the logo and have to implement it into everything, I'm guessing you're finding that to be an even more difficult task than creating the logo itself. It is. Things you don't think about. Changing all the logos on my websites. Websites, I have one. The sign, business cards, mailers, everything that you've built and put your logo on, now you have to change. And you don't even think about some of them. I was saying, you know, we're doing a mailer or not a mail, we're doing an email blast. And Shop Genie sent me my proof and I opened it and went, oh, it's our old logo. So now it's 11 o'clock at night and I got to email Kieran and say, hey, I need the logo changed, but I'm at home and I don't have my new logo file on my phone. So now I got to wait till the next morning to just things like that, that I've never thought about until now it's coming to be. Yeah. You don't think about all of the places you have your logo. It's crazy. It's everywhere. Yeah. I'm fortunate in that I'm not that carried away. But in doing this, it made me realize that I'm not everywhere and I need to be. And I think the logo kind of excites me to do that where before I I didn't think about putting pens out because I just, there was nothing exciting to me about my logo. This is exciting. This is something that really, I think is going to draw a lot of attention. It looks really, really good. One of the things, and I think you would warn me about the logo I chose with background colors for embroidery. And it took me six embroidery shops to find somebody that was even willing to try and incorporate the shading into embroidered shirts and stuff. It's not exactly the same, but I think the woman really stepped out of her her comfort zone to try stuff and she got it pretty close and I'm really happy with it. So Yeah, I always warn people about that because I learned that lesson the hard way. So my first logo was actually created by Centos because I, I was ordering uniforms and had no logo and they're like, oh, we'll make you something. And I sketched something out, gave it to them and made it. And it was terrible <laughs> when I got my first real logo. And I know that feeling that you had when you help design it and, and like this thing that you're creating comes to life. I still love my old Peak Automotive logo, but it was it had chrome in it. And you could never get that to really show up the way that you wanted it to in embroidery. So the part that was chrome was always white. And it was like, well, you know, that just doesn't look as good as the chrome. Still look good, but not as good as the chrome did. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And that's why I always warn people when you're doing a logo, make sure that people can embroider it. Yeah. You just mentioned Cintas and that goes back to the implementing. I've got to get the logo to Cintas for the uniforms. It's definitely not something that you just 
turn a switch and all of a sudden you have your new logo on all the stuff that you used to have your old logo on. Yeah, it is definitely a process of getting it implemented everywhere. So speaking of that process, you know, I guess kind of as we wrap this up, what are some of the things or anything that you wish you had known before starting the process? I wish I would have talked to people beforehand. Like I said, I spent hours, days trying to do this on my own and figure out the thoughts in my head and put them down. And it's just, I fix cars. I don't design logos. I was very fortunate that I had you, Kim, Tom, Rick White. I've got a pretty good circle of people that I leaned on that helped guide me in the right direction. So there's not a whole lot that I wish I would have looked at beforehand. I think everybody, as I started going down the path, everybody kind of warned me of all of the things that were going to be difficult and to watch out for. So I had a pretty good trip through this and 99 Designs was really good in making it super simple. I mean, the emails, every time a new logo came in, you got an email and at two o'clock in the morning is a little monotonous, but that part of it wasn't hard. It's the after part that's become difficult in implementation. For our listeners, you talk about getting those emails at two in the morning. A lot of these designers are overseas and there are a lot of people that don't like something like 99 designs because they have issues with, well, you know, what about all of the people who did a design that didn't get paid for it? And my answer to that is they know exactly what they're getting into. Like they make their living off of 99 designs. They do these things, you know, very often and in other parts of the world, if they get that one logo every few months, then, then they can do very well. There's just something about being able to get all of these different logo designs and be able to decide which one is the one that's for you. Because like I said earlier, it's so subjective about getting into someone's head and understanding what it is that they want. And when you have that many choices, it just makes it so much easier. Well, I appreciate you being on with me today. Well, thanks for inviting me to do this. Yeah, I appreciate you being with us here. This is a valuable thing for our listeners to hear. It's a, another idea of how you can get a logo done because it's not always just call up your local graphic designer and go with the thing that they come up with. So I love the process. I recommend it to people all the time. But as we close, I want to thank our sponsors again, RepairPal. They are the ones who make this possible. Again, we are just one of five great podcasts on the Aftermarket Radio Network. You can find those others at aftermarketradionetwork.com. I appreciate you listening in today. Hope that you'll listen in again next week. And until then, go fill those bays. You've been listening to the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast with Kim and Brian Walker. Follow the podcast on your favorite listening app. Find their emails in the show notes and visit them at shopmarketingpros.com. Let Kim and Brian know what you want discussed because they're all about advancing the aftermarket. <laughs>